What's up, Embassy City family? I am so grateful for the opportunity that we get to have to worship God together. So whether you are uh, here or abroad, a part of our extended family, we are so grateful that you decided to worship with us today. I'm gonna let Juliet say hi to everybody and then we'll jump into the word. Hi, baby. Hi, sweetheart. You had a birthday this week. You did too. I sure did. Yes. Well, did you have a great week? I did. Wonderful. I did, I did. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you all today. So glad to be able to stand in the house of the Lord with you uh, via the airwaves. Listen, I want to uh, be brief, but I do want to say something. I was on my way here this morning and I was praying for you. Yep, you. I was praying for you this morning and I was speaking life to your situation. And I heard the Lord just begin to say, speak life to the people this morning. And so wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I just want to speak life and strength to you right now, whatever you're going through. There's some of you out there that your marriage is a little tough and you could be sitting in your living room right now um, in a situation with your spouse that might not be comfortable, but you're there. And if I were you, I would really want you right now, if you would just reach out and grab your hand of your spouse and receive this prayer. Father, mm. I pray right now for your restoration power, mm -hmm. for your healing power in their marriage right now. This is the first thing that I was praying for when I was coming here was healing in your marriage when it's uncomfortable. Father, I pray that you would both, uh, that you would uh, smother them with humility, that they would be able to uh, hear from you so that you could get in and heal their marriage. Yes, and Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in their marital situation, whatever is going on. Yes, I know that you are there with them. Yes, and Father, I'm praying for healing all over. Those that are sick and in the hospitals that are just not feeling well, I'm praying for you. I speak life to you right mm -hmm. now. I speak strength to you right now in the name of Jesus. And there's a specific, specific person, and that could be you, that I need to pray for. And that's you with a heart condition. But the heart condition isn't necessarily heart disease. I'm speaking to those with a heart ache mm. this morning. Those that have a heart ache, a, a pain, a, a burden, that you, are, you feel so overwhelmed that whatever the situation is that is overwhelming you, it is burdening you. And I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and say that this prayer that I'm about to pray to you right now is going to fix everything. But what I am going to ask is that the Lord would release the pressure mm. of the burden. Yes, good. I'm praying that the Lord would release the pressure of the burden so that you're so not overwhelmed that you can't hear him. And I'm not saying that this prayer right now is going to literally change the trajectory of your life and, and it's going to be this miracle prayer that's going to turn everything around. No, because your situation might still be the same after this prayer is over. But I am praying that he would release the pressure of the burden. So if you would do me a favor and put your hand over your heart. And Father, I ask right now that those that have a heartache that is overwhelmed, that your heart is hurting right now. It is aching right now for whatever it is that the situation that you're in. Father, I pray that you would release the pressure of this burden so that they would be open, that they would have an open heart to feel your peace. Yes, Lord. 
that you could come into the situation and give them an ear of what you're saying to navigate the situation. Father, release the burden, release the pressure, and I pray right now, God, that it would free them to hear you clearly. And I, and I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your situation will begin to turn around because you'll have a, a, a pressure lifted to hear his voice, to navigate what you have to do. I thank you, Father, for the open heart. I pray, Father, that they would be, you would protect the vulnerable, that you would protect the transparent heart, God, that your peace would flood it. Yes, flood that transparent heart. Flood that open heart right now, God. And I pray, Lord, that whatever it is that they're going through, you will let them know that you are with them yes, in every situation, that you are with them and you are there to navigate them through the situation or navigate them through the wilderness of this heart condition right now. In Jesus' name, I want you to know that I'm standing with you. I'm praying with you. I love you. And thank you for praying with me this morning. Now, my baby, Thanks you haven't me. been feeling well. Yeah, I know. And so I want to pray for you right now that, Thank Father, you. even when Tim doesn't feel strong, even in his weakness, God, you are strong. You are his strength. And I pray right now, God, that even though his body is not feeling well, you, God, are with him. I pray, Father, that he won't be distracted by it, that he would be uh, hearing strong, that he would hear your words clearly, God, and that the enemy would try to distract him from this illness. But, Father, I pray right now that you would just be here with him. Give him That's the good. strength he doesn't have. Give him the comfort he doesn't feel. In Jesus' name I pray, and I thank you for this word you're going to bring this morning with clarity and might and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, you, baby. Honey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, people. Did you leave lip gloss on me? I'll put some more. No, don't put any more. You're sweet. Bye. I love you. All right, so if my lips are shining, it's, it's hers, okay? Um... I love you guys so much. I'm so grateful that you are here and I'm ready to get into God's word. We've been in a series uh, this entire month of June called We Make Dreams Come True. But we've landed on a message entitled, If I See Something, I Say Something. We did one, then we did two, and today is part three of if I see something, I say something. So uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to the book of Acts, chapter number 15. The book of Acts, chapter number 15. That's where I, that's where I will be doing my reading from uh, this morning. And I know for a fact that this message uh, is going to calibrate your thinking uh, and give you a context that you haven't had before. So uh, the book of Acts, chapter number 15. Uh, starting at, I think, the 22nd verse is where we're going to start. NLT, here's what it says. Uh, then the apostles and elders together with the whole church in Jerusalem chose delegates. Now, let me just pause right here. Uh, last week, I read you uh, uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 21 and talked about the four uh, takeaways from uh, the Jerusalem council, from the meeting that they all had. And now the outcome of the meeting is what we're going to be talking about today. So just so you have context, if you're just joining us for the first time, here is the context to this message. So uh, the apostles and elders together with the whole church in Jerusalem chose delegates and they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report on this decision. 
The men chosen were two of the church leaders. That's very, very important. I'll come back to that in a minute. Judas, also called Barsabas and Silas. This is the letter they took with them. This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. So we have decided, having come to complete agreement, to send official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. The messengers were at once. Uh, the messengers went at once to Antioch, where they called a general meeting of the believers and delivered the letter. And there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. This is so good. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. They stayed for a while and then the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with the blessing of peace. Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. This is so good. All right. So uh, if you're taking notes, you know, this is if I see something, I say something. Part three. Make sure you get that. If I see something, I say something. Part three. Here's what's amazing to me uh, uh, about this outcome in the Jerusalem Council. After they had got together and after they had really prayed over and discussed at length. I talked about this last week. They had discussions at length. This went on for hours, understanding and trying to grapple with what is it that God wants us to do with the Gentiles? He has obviously revealed that he wants them on equal footing as us and that he wants them to be a part of this faith. And we, we should not be making it difficult for them to step into this fellowship with us so that we can extend the gospel message literally around the world. What I find exciting about this is that because of the tough conversations they were to have that they were able to have behind closed doors, it meant that when they came out, they were able to embrace everybody through open doors. And so I want to give you the four outcomes that came from this meeting. OK, last week we talked about the takeaways uh, uh, from the meeting. Now I want to talk about the four outcomes that came from the meeting. So make sure you take notes on this. Why? That's right, because nerds rule the world. Point number one, please write this down. The four takeaways that came, I mean, the, I'm sorry, the four outcomes uh, that came from the meeting. Point number one is acceptance. The first outcome that came from this meeting was acceptance. And here is how we know that acceptance was fully integrated 
into the hearts of the apostles and the elders at this Jerusalem council. In Acts chapter number 15, verse number 23, here's what it says. This is the letter they took with them. Now, let me just pause right there. Uh, uh, This is the very first time that we see uh, in the New Testament that they wrote something down that they had discussed. Most of the communication was done verbally. And so if somebody said something verbally, then they gave it to somebody else to repeat verbally. But this was so official. This had to be so on record that they wrote it down. They said, we're not just making this statement uh, uh, blindly and just verbally saying it like in a one off sermon. What we're going to do is write it down. This is going on the website. This is this is going uh, 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 on our official documents. This is about to be in the Articles of Incorporation. This is about to be in our bylaws. I want to make sure that this is written down. This letter is from the apostles and elders. I got to slow down right here. Your brothers in Jerusalem. The first major outcome from this meeting is acceptance. The Gentiles who who had been ostracized, the Gentiles who felt like they were alienated. The first thing that they hear from this from this outcome is you're accepted. Your your Gentile life just doesn't matter. It's equal to ours. It is equal to our life. Jews and Gentiles are equal in the presence of God. So I want you to understand that you are no longer just uh, just some Gentile believers that that they're going to be treated like second class citizens. You are my brother and you are my sister. First outcome from this council is you are accepted. And it's not just coming from a couple of church members. These are the apostles and the elders of the Jerusalem church. Can I just pause and say this is the type of declaration that needs to be made in American churches. When it comes to unity in the body of Christ, we need our leaders. We need those that are most influential to be standing up and saying loudly, we are equal in the presence of God. That, 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 that we are a family of believers and no matter who you are and what your background is, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you are my brother and you are my sister. This acceptance is very, very important to me. And I feel a burden that God has put on my my heart to teach these messages. Why? Because I don't know what America's going to do about racism. But I know the church better do something about it. I don't know what America's going to do with their laws to to to, to make sure that that, that 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 heart change happens. I haven't seen that happen a lot. But but the, the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ should be the ones linking arms and saying, hey, uh, we're all Gentiles. Who were who were accepted by the Jews. Uh, and, and so we're not going to make these distinctions with each other because the Jews no longer make that distinction with us. Messianic Jewish believers accept us as their brothers and their sisters, not second class faith citizens. And so our churches. Have to be the ones to say we are unified in the fact that no matter what your ethnicity is, 
no matter what your cultural background is, we profess Jesus Christ and we are accepted because of his grace. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria and Cilicia, Cilicia, greetings. Can you imagine being a Gentile and getting a letter like this? From, 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 from the, 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 the very uh, founding apostles and elders of, of the Christian church. And they're saying, hey, you're my brother. You're my sister. I greet you. You are Gentiles and y'all are family. Bring it in. Acceptance is the first outcome. Point number two, please write this down. The second outcome that was important that came out of this meeting was acknowledgement. That's right. Acknowledgement. Acceptance came, but also acknowledgement came. Here's what it says in Acts chapter number 15, again, verse number 24. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. This is strong. It has an exclamation mark. Let me put some more punch to it. We did not send them them. This is what I love about the apostles and the elders coming out of this Jerusalem council. They strongly denounced anybody that had a teaching of division. They strongly denounced anybody that had a teaching of disunity. They didn't just say, well, you know, some, there are some guys over there, but we're not worried about them. I just want you to know we accept you. No, they came out and they acknowledged there are some people over here that would love to keep us divided over some really petty stuff. But we didn't send them. I know that they came from my denomination. They don't represent me. I know we might have sent them from our church. We don't represent them. They don't represent us. We did not send them. Whoever these people are that have caused division, we did not send them. Listen, this is a this is a point right here. That I need every single lead pastor to champion. When you hear. People that have divisive messages, when you hear people that have racism in their messages, division in their messages, making it an obstacle course to get to the cross. We need to be able to strongly denounce and say we don't send them. They do not represent us. They are not in the book. They acknowledged it. They didn't just say, well, we don't teach that. So, you know, we're just responsible for us. No, if it hits our radar and we see it, we're going to say it. If we see something, we say something. And I love that these apostles and these elders took a stand to say, hey, they don't represent us. If you hear those guys, I know they've caused you trouble. I know they've angered you with the things that they have done. I know that they've expressed themselves, but I want you to know they don't represent us. We're going to send official people from 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 our house to speak on our behalf because these other people do not speak. For us, so there was acknowledgement. Point number three, please write this down. The third thing, the third outcome uh, of this meeting was agreement. Acceptance was first, then acknowledgement, and then agreement. And I love who they came into agreement 
with. Here's what it says in Acts chapter number 15, verses 25 to 27. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives, along with our beloved Paul and Barnabas, who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. Now, this is a big point for me, because if we don't have agreement about this spirit being driven out of our churches, then there's going to be more division. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's good. There's going to be more purging that takes place in his body. If we can't get into agreement that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is responsible for driving the spirit of racism out of our houses of worship, then we're going to see more purging take place in the body of Christ. And you know what? Purging is good. I, I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, uh, the, the amount of stuff that you consume comes out of you. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, uh, but, but whatever you've had to eat over the last two days or so uh, has hopefully come out of you by now. Um, uh, but if not, you might need a laxative. Uh, uh, when we intake, there's going to be uh, uh, some outtake. When, 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 we, when we bring stuff in, we, we, we got to bring some stuff out. And here's what I know. When we bring the word of God into our situation, it purges us of anything carnal, of anything fleshly, of anything that is in our heart that's prideful, anything that's egotistical, it drives it out. The more word we get in, the more sin we get out. But that brings me to an incredible observation. I'm going to get a little personal here, and this might come across a little bit strong. But the last three weeks that I've been teaching this message, the responses that I've been getting from several people has been eye-opening. It's, been, it's actually been surprising because, because I thought teaching uh, from Scripture uh, what God would have to say about some of the uh, uh, events that are going on in this country uh, would all bring us into agreement on the fact that racism is a spirit and it's still alive in the church. And, and we have an obligation as believers to, to make sure we get rid of it in, in the same way that we do a series, you know, like on like mammon and we teach people how to tithe. Or, or, or grace, and we teach people not to live religiously uh, by the law. Or, or you know, like we'll, we'll teach you on uh, uh, how to have a better life for like four or five weeks. Or, you know, we'll, we'll teach you on uh, uh, how to have a breakthrough for, for three or four weeks. And, and nobody has a problem with that. But, but I started teaching against the sin and the hypocrisy of racism and injustice in this country from a biblical theological point of view. And some of the residents of Embassy City have sent me Fox News clips. You, you, you sent me YouTube clips uh, re responding politically to what I've taught theologically. And it's been a revelation. I'm not mad at you, 
but, 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 but you've given me some, 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 some things to think about. I, I'm thinking about the fact that, that, that maybe I haven't been your pastor for the last one to five years that this church has been open. Uh, maybe Embassy City is not your church. Perhaps Fox News is. And, and perhaps maybe one of the anchors on Fox News is your jurisdictional bishop, or maybe he's your pastor. Maybe she's your evangelist. I thought we could come into agreement and stay on on topic. That racism and injustice is not something we stand for in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the responses that I've gotten have given me some insight that that. Many of our people are being more discipled by Fox News, CNN and some other news outlets than they are scripture. So maybe there needs to be a purge. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to stop looking into scripture to find answers to the culture we live in. I will not allow the news to inform my opinions. I'm going to keep going back to scripture to find out what God wants to say about the seasons that we're in. My hope and prayer is that we could find agreement over scripture. Because we'll never find agreement over politics. We will never come into agreement over some of our perspectives outside of the word of God, because inside the word of God, all of our perspectives are submitted to the book inside of the word of God. All of our opinions are submitted to the book. So the Jerusalem Council was about everyone having agreement. But I fear. That going into the book has caused more disagreements than agreements. And so I just want to say I'm fine with it. I, I just want to say that if this series has drawn the line for you and, 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 and just informed you and you might you might have already left. And so this message doesn't even apply to you because you stopped listening. All, maybe maybe when I started the first message. I, I've noticed something else. And oh, Lord, I, I'm just going to say it. It's really interesting. Our giving's gone down. Since I started this series, I know it's not a summer dip. Because we haven't been in the physical location since March. So we got through all of Corona and the messages I was teaching, everybody was like, amen. But then I started teaching on this. And the giving's going down a little bit. I just want you to know, I'm not scared. This is not my church. And it's not yours. It's not my church to control. And it's definitely not yours to control. We're going to come into agreement about what scripture says about this spirit. And if we can't come into agreement, we didn't send you. You don't represent us. (laughs) They used to be at Embassy City. I will send official representatives to speak on our behalf. They used to be here, but they're not. No, no, they're not here no more. 
I know they've been putting some stuff on Facebook and, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, we, we don't get we didn't send them. We are going to be in agreement here. And if this message purges everyone that disagrees, I would rather be in the house. With unity. Over scripture. Not, not, not over politics, not over uh, the, the way that we decided to communicate it, but over scripture. It's fine. I want to be moving forward with those we're in agreement with. Point number four. The fourth thing that came from the outcome of the Jerusalem Council was access. I want you to think about these four points again. We have acceptance, acknowledgement. We have agreement. And this last one is so good. It is access. Because if you agree that we are brothers and sisters and you acknowledge that for the past 120 years in this country, our churches have still been mostly segregated. And that there is a spirit in the church that needs to be addressed. If we acknowledge that, then we come into agreement that, you know what, we want to drive that spirit out. If we agree on those three things, but don't implement this fourth thing. We might as well go back and have another meeting. Because it must end with equal access. It must end with all of us on the same footing with an understanding that God has make, made us equal in his sight. Now, this would be a completely different message uh, that I would have to approach if, if, if we were uh, actually in these biblical times uh, because I would be reliant on a Messianic Jewish rabbi uh, to be speaking up on my behalf to make sure I have these rights as a Gentile. What is still blowing my mind, and I know I've said it every single week, is that I'm a Gentile talking to Gentiles about how Gentiles need to get along. I'm a black Gentile talking to white Gentiles about how us, how we need to get along. I'm a black Gentile talking to Hispanic Gentiles, talking to Southeast Asians Gentiles, talking to uh, uh, Chinese Gentiles, talking to uh, uh, Croatian Gentiles, talking to South African Gentiles, talking to all the Gentiles. About how we need to be getting along. So. So it can't just be something that we uh, accept and something that we acknowledge and something that we agree upon. There has to be access. Here's what it says in Acts 15, verses 28 and 29. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Can I just stop right there? I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit is the one leading these conversations. I'm so grateful that people are submitted to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, we want to know your will and your way as it relates to what's going on here. And the Holy Spirit said, no, this is good. This has always been God's plan. They don't get, these guys don't get the credit. Look who they gave the credit to first. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Because without the Holy Spirit being involved, we will not be in the same room together. 
without the Holy Spirit transforming our heart, without the Holy Spirit giving us his perspective to us as believers, we wouldn't be here together. So it seemed good to us, to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. This is so good. Now, you're talking about lowering the bar. (laughs) You must not abstain from eating food offered to idols. You shouldn't do that anyway. Right. I I just want you to think about you're about to uh, pray over your burger, uh, but you pray over it and offer it up to Michael Jackson. The king of pop. That that would be an idol. Uh, I want you to think about praying over your spaghetti, but then offering it up to Kelly Clarkston, the first American idol. That would be ridiculous, right? So, so uh, check. Okay, Gentiles. Oh, there, there are some things you got to do, Gentiles. Please. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, uh, you must not. Uh, uh, you must abstain from eating food offered to idols. Oh, that's good. That's not circumcision. That's great. Whew. Okay. What else is on that list? Uh, 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 you, you can't consume blood or the meat of strangled animals. Sounds pretty nasty, but yeah, no, I don't want to do that anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, And from sexual immorality. (laughs) That might be hard for some of y'all. But he put it in there. And if you want to know all the immoral things that could be done sexually, uh, go look in the book of Leviticus. I know I know that word is a that 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 book is a cuss word to some of you all. Uh, But there's a lot of great stuff in there that still applies today. Then they say this. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. Remember how high that bar was that the Judaizers tried, the Judaizers tried to set? You got to be circumcised. You got to and you got to basically become a Jew. You you, got to follow the Mosaic law to a T. The 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 Jews lowered that bar so low and they said, nah. Just just three things. Abstain from uh, uh, eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals and from sexual immorality. If you do this, uh, you will do well. Farewell. Oh, this is access right here. So let's translate that to like maybe 2020. So I can grow my hair out. Like like this hair. Without getting crazy feedback from my white brothers and sisters. That's interesting. Wish I could do that. Well, I, maybe, maybe cut it a little bit. I just, you know, we, we just have a style here. What, what, what? Can we lower the bar? Can, can I just be me? And, and still be accepted? Or does, 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 do I have to change and, and turn into you to be accepted? Can, can I show up on your platform and, 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 and dress the, the way I would usually dress that's comfortable for me? Or, or, or do I have to take on everything you've done? Do I have to like your music? Do I have to like your delivery and teaching style? How, how low are we going to put the bar? Because based, based on this Gentile list... It's only three things. And some of y'all would be arguing right now about the, you know, the, the, the blood <laughs> because you like your meat, you know, rare or medium rare or something. God's trying to lower the bar. So that more people can get into the kingdom. 
You, you, you do know that, 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 that Calvary's cross was on a hill. But I fear in a lot of churches, we've turned it into an obstacle course. Jack and Jill could get up the hill. But we make people jump through so many hoops to come into the kingdom. We have a 12-month discipleship program. Then you get your membership. Whew. I can't be committed to nothing for 12 months before I can be considered in well, we want people on the praise and worship team, but, but, but you, you know, we, we have a pretty rigid process. Is that why it's still all white? Is that why it's still all black? Is that why it's still all Hispanics? What, 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 what is your criteria? Well, well, they don't dress like us. They don't sound like us. Well, what, what do you expect these Gentiles to do? I see something, so I say something. Acts 15 was the greatest equalizer that the church had to go through to get equality. And I believe we need to come back to an Acts 15 moment to get the modern day church in America, back to its equality. There is no Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free. The strongest implication of those words inspired by the Holy Spirit is that if there is no Jew or Gentile, if there is no Slave or free. If there is no male or female, there cannot be black and white. I've come back to scripture to present this context. I have not gone to a new source to present this context. I've come back to scripture to get this perspective. I didn't listen to a politician to get this perspective. I have come back to scripture to speak with this authority. I did not watch a YouTube clip to speak with anger. I've seen something. I've said something. The Bible is clear that we need to do something. So take these messages in their entirety and ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me through this message? I'm just telling y'all, if, if what I've said in any of these three messages have been offensive to you, we can talk about it. I'm a big boy. I can handle the conversation. But it's just been amazing to me.
to not see people that remotely got a hold of this message, but people in our own house decide this is not their church anymore after one sermon. I guess everything that I, else that I've said over the last four or five years, however long you've been here, has been safe enough for you. But if I preach the full counsel of the gospel right, I'm going to offend you at some point. And I'm going to offend me too. Because God presents himself to no one without turning their world upside down. So I've seen something and I've said something. This has been your series for the month of June. I hope it's been a blessing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you to this message, through this message? My hope and my prayer uh, is that God has highlighted something for you that will bring us into agreement over this issue. There's a lot of nuances to what needs to go on to fix racism in America. But as it relates to the church, God already addressed this. It's an open book test. He gave us scripture to know how to deal with this situation, any type of division. He, he gave us scripture to know how to deal with it. My prayer and my hope that the Holy Spirit is saying something to you like he's saying to me, I got to be a part of getting this out the church. I got to be a part of ridding this from my household. I got to be a part of making sure my friends have an understanding theologically to what God says about what's going on culturally. I, my prayer is that he's speaking to you and that you're getting a little riled up. If there's something on the inside of you that says, I, I, I want to be a part of changing this. Somehow, some way. From 1900 to 1999. We were able to successfully accomplish as the church. 100 years of preaching the gospel and never addressing racism in a way that has changed us at our core. And I feel like we got into the first 20 years of this century and God said, time out. I won't let this go another 100 years. I'm going to give y'all 80 years. Figure this out. I'll give you 80 years. So that your grandchildren won't be having the same conversation you're having right now. I'll give you 80 years. So your great-grandchildren will have to scratch their head and say, huh, that, that was happening in the church? Never been in a church like that in my life. I'm part of that 80-year plan. And I hope you will be too. If you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus, it's really, really simple. He, he lowered the bar really low. You can get in right now. Just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. 
Romans 10, 9. I want to welcome you into the family of God. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've repented and renounced the life you've been living now that you have experienced the life of Jesus Christ. I mean, I want to welcome you as the newest citizen of the kingdom of God into the family. You are my brother. You are my sister. So, Father God, thank you so much for this message and its impact on this culture. Holy Spirit, do with these messages that I could never do. <laughs> Transform hearts and minds so that souls' lives will be saved and changed. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Bye.